This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of La Mezcla. Uh, my name is Adrian Burke, Adrian Burke, the creator and host of this program. Thank you so much for listening. Um, the show's been kind of dormant for a couple weeks because I've been in hibernation ever since the La Mezcla live show at Caveat. Uh, I just wanted to thank everybody who came out to the show, everybody who made a donation to the Northern Manhattan Coalition for Immigrant Rights, everybody who ate an empanada, everybody who said nice things. I especially want to thank Caveat for hosting me. Uh, Hopefully there'll be another one soon. Uh, And I'm just excited for another year of the podcast uh, and I'm really excited to get into our guest today so without further ado our guest today is one of my favorite human beings on the planet uh, I'm smiling like an idiot because I'm so happy she's on the show uh, she is Viviana Valeria Viviana is a mixed Cuban Honduran uh, actor here in New York City uh, you'll be able to see her off Broadway in the new Stephen Adley Gerges play Halfway Bitches Go Straight to Heaven at the Atlantic Theater Company uh, starting on November 14th Uh, She's one of my favorite, favorite people uh, in the world, Uh, and I was so excited to have her on the show. We had a really great wide-ranging conversation uh, from growing up to Miami to moving to New York as a teenager without a plan and without any money uh, to her her work with the Labyrinth Theater Company in New York uh, all the way leading up to her off-Broadway debut. Uh, so please support Viviana however you can, and I hope you enjoy the episode. That feels good. Okay, great. You ready? I'm ready. That'll be great. Hello, Viviana. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Welcome. You're being so weird already. <laughs> Weird. What can I say? <laughs> Welcome to La Mezcla. I'm so happy. We've been trying to make this happen for a while, mm-hmm. for like a few months, mm-hmm. right? Because we are friends. And I'm your number one fan. Thank you. So. That's true. You listen to the show more than most people. I'm obsessed. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I decided, did I tell you this already? I decided, like, you know how, like, a lot of shows, their fan bases have names. <gasps> uh, so, like, I decided my fan base are called My Mom's Friends. Oh, my God. Because the large, pers- the large, percentage of my audience are mostly like people my mom's told them oh my god i'm a mom's friend you're a mom's friend regardless and anybody out there regardless of whether or not you've met my mom you are my mom's friend mom's friends welcome welcome mom's friends so (laughs) uh viviana valeria i'm so happy to have you here let's just start uh the way i start all of them and then we can go wherever we want to go so just uh introduce yourself to my mom's friends and tell us (laughs) and tell us uh where you're from where your parents are from like what your what your deal is uh ethnically hi mom's friends (laughs) love you all I am from Miami. Okay. My dad is from Cuba. Mm-hmm. He was born in Cuba. His He left Cuba 
like maybe when he was like 10 mm-hmm. and lived in Mexico City. Okay. And then moved to Canada. Wow. I know. Where in Canada? It was like um, Ontario. Wow. Yeah. I have My grandma lives there. I have no idea. I, I, there was like an earthquake in Mexico or something uh-huh. and you had to like leave if you were there, like with paper, it was weird, and they had to leave Mexico because of an earthquake. Because of an earthquake, That's it was like a giant crazy. earthquake. Yeah, and then so he always tells me that like the two choices for his family were Australia or Canada. Whoa! I know, and then why? they chose Canada. I have no idea. I'm gonna ask him. Why. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so from Cuba to Mexico to, to Canada, Canada is and then a he hated weird it. spread. He hated Canada. Yeah, and he's like, he caught wind that all the Cubans were in Miami. Mm. Or New Jersey, but he didn't want to be cold anymore. So then he went to Miami. That's fair. And then my mom is from Honduras. Mm-hmm. Honduras. <laughs> for, for 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 those non-Spanish speakers yeah. out there. Because sometimes I'm like, Honduras, they're like, that's delicious. I'm like, no, it's Or country. even worse, like you go, Honduras, and they'll go, oh. Oh. Oh, the caravan. Oh, honey. <laughs> I know. For real, that's all we're known for. It's horrible. Yeah, well, I had, when I had my friend uh, Marcella on the show. She's also Honduran. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. like, we were talking about the same thing, especially now with the bullshit coming out of the government. Exactly. Like, it feels like increasingly any all any white person from this country knows about Honduras is what they're hearing out of the news. And so they just get this look on their face of, like, oh. And it's so weird. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, yeah. all you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So you, so you so you grew up in Miami. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And was what was the household like? Was it like mad Cuban? Was it mad Honduran? Was it a mix of the two? Or was it just like, ah, eh, we live in Miami? It was like, it was mainly Cuban because my mom uh, didn't have, like, her extended family is not in Miami. So, mm-hmm. um, and my dad had maybe a little bit, like an aunt or something in Miami. So it was, we were mostly with, like, Cuban families. Like, birthday parties were Cuban um, my mom learned how to cook Cuban food, mm-hmm. so we didn't really eat like Honduran food in my house. It was Got like it. all Cuban dishes. Um, uh, however, her accent, st- like she still spoke Honduran, and it's very different. Like both accents are very different. Right. And um, if so- you had to describe the accent to an audience of mostly white moms' friends, oh, moms' friends, uh, like what's the difference the in accent? M- main difference, like they're. Uh, in so in Cuba, you refer to people as tú, like mm-hmm. y- you is tú. Is it usted in Honduran? Yes, ah. uh, or vos. Oh, vos. Okay. Yes, it's vos, and not in like Argentine, like vos. It's it's like it's different. It's more like like country to be like vos. It's mm. like it, informal in a way, and Got that's it. how like my mom, like that's how I talk, speak, and. Uh, but it's funny because if I talk to my dad, I talk in tu, and if I talk to my mom, I talk yeah. in vos. It's so That's weird. The classic I have to like mixed switch. ethnicity thing yeah, is the code switching. You have to switch. Yeah. It's so weird, and then it makes you feel like, what do I talk like? What do I speak like? Right. Because I'm always adjusting to. It's we- it's weird. Yeah, it's no, weird. I think that's the classic uh, code switching thing that any mixed or first generation person can relate to. Of mm-hmm. like, well, I have to walk uh, in these two worlds. Mm-hmm. So then, like, what am I? I don't really belong yeah. to either of them fully. So I guess I'm this like blob of both of them. But it- then, like, am I ever myself, or am I always just trying to please either side? Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, you get me. Yo, I've been doing the show for a year like- and a half. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like you feel like weird, you know? And like like when I would go visit my family in Honduras, it was like it was like, oh, she's like white or like mm. like La Americana or mm-hmm. 
la cubana, you know, right. but it, and then talking to like my dad and my dad's family, if I let a voz slip out, they're like, oh, this like Honduran girl. It's like you're always being called something else and you're just yeah. like, oh my God, I can't. Yeah, I feel the same way anytime I go to Peru. I also just like fully look like a white man. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's a little bit of a different mm-hmm. of a different situation. But I like I describe it, I've been trying to write this thing. I, I describe it like growing up here is like uh is like putting sour cream on a dish because like sour cream like you your heritage is like this dish with like flavors and spices and tradition and then you put a glob of fucking sour cream on it sour cream sucks if anybody out there likes sour cream I'm sorry for you're you. wrong i'm sorry for you're you. wrong and i know a lot of mexicans like sour cream on top of a thing but like fuck like sour cream has no flavor nope it has a weird ass texture it's mostly just there to like dull the flavors of the rest of the and it plate. Makes it cold. That's what I think growing up in America is like. <laughs> it's like taking all of your if you're mixed or first yeah. it's taking all of your stuff and just and dulling it. Blob. Just like it's like studio it's like network notes. Ooh. It's like yeah, we like it, but can the lead be white? Yeah, can we just Can we white. can we replace the arroz yeah. with uh, pizza? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And funny you say in Honduras we have uh it's like this war. Like we have a version of sour cream. Oh my god, my ancestors! I'm sorry, I called it sour cream. It's called <laughs> it's called mantequilla, mantequilla, which in the majority of the world is butter. is butter. No, we have margarina, which is butter, and mantequilla, which is a version of sour cream, but it's like darker in color and interesting. It's, it's so delicious. Yeah, mantequilla for me is butter. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. And my my dad too. My dad would. It's so weird. Like, and. Um, and yet most people would think uh, when they meet you, they're like, oh, you like tacos, right? Oh, my God. The whole, like, uh, Hispanic people, Latino Only people are a monolith. Yeah. I, in this country, like, uh, what I found basically ever since I was a kid and I would tell people I was Peruvian is, like, it do- just doesn't compute. Anything other than Mexican yeah, doesn't, doesn't compute. Like, the, the computer stops. It's like, yeah. er, Mexican error. or Spanish. Yes. The amount of times I've been described as Spanish mm-hmm. is, is crazy. Sp- oh, that Spanish girl. I'm like, yeah. No. 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 No, they they actually colonized the yeah, country. <laughs> colonizers. Um but yeah. Yeah, so you're growing up in Miami. Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of crowd are you running with? Like what kind mm. of schools did you go to? Like let's get into that. I so I spoke Spanish first, right? Mm. So in school I had to take um ESL. ESL? Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, I was most like my I related mostly to like other Spanish speaking kids mm-hmm. first. Um, and I'm assuming there were a lot of Cuban kids. Around, yeah. Right. It's Miami. Yeah. There's a lot of Cubans, but there's there's Venezuelans. There's Colombians. A lot of Colombians. Mm-hmm. Everyone would always say I was Colombian because I'm like fair skinned mm-hmm. brown hair. Viviana. Then anyways. Yeah. Um, and so and my teachers were all Cuban. They all spoke Spanish like mm. they spoke Spanish first. Um, right. So I would, like, typically always be around, like, you know, Hispanic kids and whatnot. And then I went to Richmond Heights Middle, which is, it was, like, predominantly, like, in an African-American neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And there were, like, very, it was, like, either you were Hispanic or you were African-American. Mm. No American. This is no pre-Afro-Latino. Yeah. Yes. Like, that's really only become a label people use for themselves yeah. in the last, like, five years. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And it's very valid and very, re- but, like, those yeah. terms weren't, even, like, in, so I have a lot of friends, like, my one of my best friends, Randy, he's Colombian, but he's, like. Shout-outs to Randy. Love you, Randy, so much. Um, go Marines. He's a Marine. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. He's so amazing. Mm. Um, and he's what you would consider, like, Afro- <clears throat> 
Afro Latino, mm -hmm. but he's Colombian, mm -hmm. fully Colombian. But then like like people would be like, oh, that black kid, or you know, and he'd just be like, no, I'm Colombian. But yeah. then now the, it's like terms are being so like new you know what i mean like yeah. we're discovering new ways changing. to describe people and new ways to describe yourself which i think is a really good conversation to have totally so but many... it can lead to a lot of confusion a lot. like constantly having to i mean it's a good thing to be constantly working on yourself and reevaluating yourself but mm -hmm. in terms of like identity, identity like yeah. cultural identity having like i personally feel like i'm constantly in flux like i feel differently than i felt when i started this show mm -hmm. like it's always changing right and it's a little like sometimes you don't want to even think about that stuff. No. Sometimes I just want to like be myself, mm -hmm. like you know. And it's like I feel like you constantly have to be like, no, I'm this. Right. I'm the. I'm. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So. So did you find yourself growing up and like getting into like high school years, like holding on to your Latinidad, or was it more like I just live here? I don't even want to deal with that. You stuff. know what? You don't even think about it that much. Yeah, I was you the same. You don't think about it. I yeah. was the same. Everyone in Miami was, everyone was mixed. Everyone was like, I, I have a friend who's like Jewish Cuban. Then mm. I have a friend who's uh, Peruvian Panamanian. And like, everyone's just like mixed. And you don't even, like you embrace that. Like I would love going to my friend's house because she's Colombian and they have really good food. And then she would love coming to my house because she would be able to have it, you know. Yeah. And it's yeah, funny yeah, yeah. going to like a Hispanic family's house, the first question the mom always asks you. She's like, are you hungry? ¿Y de dónde son sus padres? <laughs> <laughs> Where are your parents from? Because I'm judging you right now based yeah. on your answer. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just we were. It was like melting pot for real, but different. Yeah, because I then mean, it came to New York and it was a different melting. I never had like Italian friend, like Italian right. American. You had friends. the you had the Latin American yeah. melting pot. But like St. Patrick's Day was never a thing. Right. And then you come to New York and it's like, oh, there's a whole fucking it's parade. a thing. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, yep. And when did you move to New York? Mm, when I turned 18 years old. Wow. Right after high school. That's bananas. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I grew up just outside of here. And also to circle back to what we were just talking mm -hmm. about, the whole melting pot thing, I couldn't have grown up in a more opposite environment. Right. Westchester. Westchester. That's... I grew up in a really homogenous, mostly Jewish, uh, pretty large Asian population, but mostly like affluent white Jewish community uh, and like very few latin kids like to this day one of my best friends from high school is like the brazilian kid that we just like i think bonded because we're south american yeah. uh but i couldn't i couldn't have had a different more different experience and i wish i was exposed to more of the actual world right <laughs> you know right because I mean? it makes a difference and you like Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, I mean those the that formative age is so important. It's so important. I know. Uh, so why did you move to New York? What was the idea? To why New York? Miami. Just to get out of Miami. I just need, you know, it was like I um I just always I don't know. I just always want like 
I have I used to, I always kept like diaries growing mm-hmm, up. Like, mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's secret Yo, journal. Yo, I would kill someone to watch you read those diaries like at a show. I would kill someone. Oh my god, I would kill. I myself. bet they are hilarious. They're pretty. They're something. They're mm, there's something. Okay. But I remember like like maybe I was like oh, 12 years old. Never been to New York City in my whole life, but I'd be like, I can't wait to turn 18 and move to New York City and be a bartender <laughs> and a dancer. And like, it was just always, and I try to be like, I, I've tried to like track down why New York? Like, I've never been to it. I, and I think, yeah. did you ever watch the movie Oliver and Company? No. Oh my God. You have to watch it right now. Okay. To describe right it. Now. What's it about? It's, it's an animation film. Okay. About dogs. Okay. In New York. And like, but it's like there's like an Upper East Side dog and like the Lower East Side dogs. Yeah, and yeah. scrappy. And it wasn't until I watched it again as an adult, like maybe drunk at home one day, mm-hmm. that I was like, this is why I moved to New York. Done. I, I put the nail Oliver on Oliver and Company. Oliver and Company. That's so it's funny. such a good movie. And the, the way it just, I don't know. And I, I, I don't know. I just felt like New York. I fucking love that. Most people are like, I liked Broadway musicals, yeah, or I like, I knew it was like the Big Apple. No. But you're like, yo, Oliver I watched I watched this movie with animated dogs, <laughs> yes. and I was like, New York. It's like New York. I want to be the Upper East Side dog. That's Except amazing. I don't. That changed real quick. Real quick. <laughs> <clears throat> so you moved when you were 18. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Was mm-hmm. it really hard? Mm-hmm. It must have been. Mm-hmm. I moved with two pieces of luggage and fifty-five dollars cash. That's it. I just, I, I, yeah. I mean, that's like, that's the, that's an immigrant story to me. I know you didn't actually leave the country, right. but like, right. that's like how I think about when my mom came here when she, she was like 20 or 21. So a little bit older, yeah. but like, fuck, I can't even imagine crazy. doing that. I know. I also can't imagine like my mom being like, yeah, I moved here. Like they don't, like she didn't speak the language mm-hmm. at all. Young, young. Yeah. She was like 20 something. And left kids behind. Like, my older sibling, mm. she left them in Honduras. So, like, I'm like, I can't imagine. Yeah. And that's why things like moving to Manhattan at the age of 18 with eighteen with 55 bucks and two luggage isn't that crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you had a But then I tell it. people, and people are like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I, it is, you know? Yeah. 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 I, it's it's insane to think. I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. Uh, but it's, uh, it's insane to think about what your parents' life was like at your mm-hmm. age. Uh, like when I was 20, I was like in college and like doing terrible theater and like trying to like figure my life out. And yeah. I was like, fuck, my mom m- moved to this country yes. away from her entire family, family. when she was this age. Because mm-hmm. my mom's one of six and nobody else moved out of the country. So it's like, it's just our little branch yeah. of the family here in New York. It's insane wow. to think about. It's insane to think I know. About. And even like at like my age now, my mom had like a lot of kids, mm. was like juggling so many things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy like they're so strong yeah you know and I, and that makes me strong like sometimes i find myself like bitching about like little things and i'm like hold on yeah look where i come from i got this yeah you know so it's totally. cool and, and not to say that like people who whose parents are like natural born citizens uh like don't, don't go through their own don't go through their own stuff course. or have like a model of like strength and perseverance mm-hmm. for, or, or anything but i feel like we have a really uh yeah special like strong mm-hmm. model of mm-hmm. that stuff especially i grew up with a single mom so like the idea of like being away from your family and raising two kids on your own Jesus. in like a rich town that mm-hmm. like kind of doesn't really get you and she works as a court interpreter as a government job like the wow. idea the whole the whole thing is crazy. she was immersed in something totally different yeah. wow yeah. not so not so facto 
so so what are you were you already like trying to be a performer? Were you so, already like an artist type? So I was a I grew up dancing. Okay. Ballet, tap, jazz. Which one was your favorite? Pop. Um, <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> um, my favorite was ballet. Okay. Uh, also tap. I don't know. I, I, uh, I loved it all. But I really liked ballet, but I was a little thicker mm-hmm. the bottom portion. So yeah, I was not, you know. That can be a really brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. yeah. And like being told like, tuck your tail in. And I'm like, I can't, it's, it's tucked in, mama. I'm sorry. I'm Cuban and I'm Honduran. Cuban. <laughs> I had bread for breakfast. Yeah, Jesus. Um, so, so yeah, so I danced first. Was always. it like, were you doing competitions or was yeah. it? Oh, yeah. You were in that it world. Was com- yeah, I was a competitive dancer. Which um, I imagine in Miami must have been crazy, that community. Crazy. It's like a whole dance like Super competitive, right? Da- yes. Yeah. Um, competitive. And I was supported, like my the dance company I danced with since I was eight was the one I stayed with always. Mm-hmm. And they were like in way like my family, yeah. um, you know, growing up, you know, with like tough situations, they were just always there for me. Yeah. And um, when it became competitive, you know, that stuff costs money. Right. Like that stuff costs money. It's, it's expensive. Yeah, to you're make, traveling. Your costumes, you're traveling. Costumes, you're traveling. Yeah. And they were so supportive and mm. would help me in every way. And so um, it was cool that I was able to experience that without necessarily coming from a family that can afford that. Yeah. You know? And I'm so grateful to yeah, them. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so I danced. And then. If they hadn't done that, you wouldn't be here being my friend. I know. See? It's I like little emotional. things like that. I just got yeah, yeah. That they, like they don't, they probably don't, didn't know like the impact that they were making. And it, like, pe- all throughout my life has been just people helping me, you know? Yeah. Um, I try to keep shit like that in mind uh, all the time, especially because one of my big survival jobs is teaching uh, this mm-hmm. acting program for mm-hmm. kids. And I remember, like, taking acting classes when I was young and, mm-hmm. like, kind of, like, had just, like, lost my dad. I hate the phrase lost. My dad just died. Yeah. So I was, like, kind of in this I have no role models place. Yeah. And just having that structure is such a such a big deal. And I try to keep that in mind. Right. And, like, how you can so impact someone's life at yeah. such an age where it's so meaningful and or like any age any any time i think back and i'm like man if that person hadn't helped me mm. you know so many things would be different yeah um who knows what i'd be doing right right so Same. so when did uh like acting come into the picture so i oh, i injured my foot really bad mm. in 11th grade i dropped a freaking giant television what? <laughs> Not like a flat screen. How? No, like the Why? one with like a VCR in it. So you were carrying a giant TV for some reason? God, mother... I was in... <laughs> I was fucking barefoot in okay. dance class. And do you remember... Why were you carrying a TV in dance class? Listen. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> so, I apologize. Um, so you remember when it was like movie day in school and they would bring the cart in right. with the TV? You didn't have a cart? They had a cart. They brought it into the studio. And the TV belonged on the desk. And mm. me being helpful as always, because I'm so helpful, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to carry this TV <laughs> and put it on the desk for you, Miss Dance Teacher, that I don't remember. She didn't like me. Mm. And so I pick up the television. I put it on the desk. And I look back. And I see everyone's face on the floor, like, in horror. Like, ah! and it happens slow motion. And I turn back around to look at the TV and it's already falling on oh. my foot. And it was bad. Did it you was, break it? I don't know because I didn't really go to the doctor. 
like I think I went I think I went like like to the ER but then mm-hmm. they were like you have to go to a podiatrist and then I don't think I did yeah and so it screwed my foot up Shit. I couldn't wear end point your, shoes anymore. End of your dance career. Yeah. But then I needed to go to a college, right? Mm-hmm. And the only way I would get in was through dance because I got really bad grades and never went to school. Mm-hmm. And um, so my best friend, Bevan, is like, there's a school in New York that you can get into for dance. They just opened a new dance program. Ooh. First year. Called AMDA. That was the first year of first AMDA? year of their of their of dance their dance because they did like musical theater and right. straight acting right yeah so I was like done let's do it because I had gotten into like several other universities but they were like your grades are really bad you yeah. have to like go to summer school or I don't even remember I was like right, it's yeah, not gonna yeah. happen or they just like didn't give you financial aid yeah, or ex- like that. yeah. Ex- that's what it was right yeah, yeah. things like that so I was like okay AMDA doesn't give yeah. a, a damn so let's do it. And Shit. I know. Thank so I went there for, for theater AMDA. dance, right? AMDA right? is one of those schools. I mean, I know a bunch of people who went through AMDA, but I feel like AMDA is one of those schools that like gets a lot of shit in the mm-hmm. like performing arts community from people who went to like very elite schools. Right. But right, right, like right. stories like this are an example of why places like AMDA are really important yeah. because they give people who don't have access to those elite places some an opportunity. To go and study. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Exactly. Um, so. Yeah, I went to AMDA, and that's and so being there, I think we like took one acting class or something as dancers. Like everything was as a dancer. We right. had to take like voice lessons, which oh my god! So you could be like a dancer who acts as opposed to an actor who can move and a, a like, moving actor. Yeah, that's yeah, always yeah. oh my god, made me laugh so hard. Like yeah. I'm a mover. The theater community is so funny. Like girl. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I didn't really start acting until like years after AMDA, which was like. I was trying to balance like how to be a real human in New York, but yeah. also an artist, like how to not work at restaurants seven days a right, week and right. stay out drinking with my restaurant friends. And, and how about like culturally moving to New York? You touched on it a little bit of yeah, how it was just different. like a different melting pot. But so what different. was that experience like? Like, or, it, like it, were you seeking out other like Cuban or Honduran people mm, or like just trying to find a community? It was like, so at AMDA, our class was, there was a girl from Israel. Mm-hmm. I never met anyone from Israel. It was fascinating. So I learned about her culture. We had uh, there was a, a few people from Israel, and then there was like girl, like girls from like upstate New York. My friend Molly, like she's mm-hmm. from Woodstock, and I would go to her house for like Easter and mm-hmm. Thanksgiving and get to know that culture. It, it, like it just became like I, I became more aware of like America, America, like yeah. how American people are. Like, I had a friend from Georgia. Like, I just learning, like, white things, you know? And, like, I didn't really... You can say it. You can say say it. Like, yeah, I learned, like, white things. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like, you know? Um, I don't know. Like, there's so many firsts for me that they're like, this is the first time you've done it. And I'm like, yeah, I never, I never, I don't know, played mini golf. Like, (laughs) I never played mini golf in my life. It's like, oh my god, this is an activity. Yeah, I love that's so it. Funny. Yeah, it was cool. Um, so in that way, it was like culture difference, yeah. you know. And even meeting like Hispanic people from like Puerto Rico. I never had a lot of Puerto Rican friends. Mm-hmm. And in New York, like there's York, a lot. It's Puerto Rican right. and Dominican, yeah. Right, and Dominican. So it was like it was different, and I liked it. And I'm, I love learning about 
other cultures and food. And it mostly comes from my love for food, mm -hmm. um, learning about other cultures, what they eat, languages. I love learning new languages. I love, you know, mm -hmm. I learned Italian up here. I So it was just that sense of like, the world is so much bigger. It was like an opening up experience. Yes. That's awesome. Yes, yes. That's why I like to say I was raised in Miami, but I grew up in New York. Mm. Like all my experience, my first, my everything was in New York. Like I became a person here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's beautiful. So was the transition into the acting world and more away from dancing, was it hard? Like was it hard kind mm -mm. of? No? No, it felt, in dance I always felt a little bit, mm, I don't know if it was like my body type. I just felt like a little, oh, I'm never going to really fit in here. Mm. Or like, I always feel like foreign doing this, even yeah. though I enjoyed it. And I think I was, I was pretty good, <laughs> but like, I just felt not fully like confident. Yeah. And then once I started taking scene study with Peter Jensen at T Schreiber studios, hey, like, shout out. Um, I was like, Oh, Oh, this is great. Yeah. Like, this is challenging and I wanna learn more and but I feel good when I nail something or like right. it it was like I don't know. It was it it's it was amazing. That's where it clicked. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. And I don't mean to be that person. It's like it all it all clicked. No, but we all have like, experiences you know, like that. I felt like confident. Yeah. And comfortable and like And challenged. And challenged. Yeah. Exactly. In a way that's like I can achieve something versus right. in dance, I felt like I could never fully get there, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm. So how about, so how about like entering the scene, starting to audition? Like how about like stuff that you're getting, what kind of stuff are you getting called in for early on? Um, Is it a lot of like sassy Latin friend yeah. stuff? Yeah. 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 My first show I did in New York was The Motherfucker with the Hat. Oh, great By Stephen Natalie Gerges, yeah. And I played Veronica, and we all know <laughs> she's, uh, <laughs> you know, this kind of character. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and... Have you felt like people kind of force you into that box? But it's, like, hard to say because I haven't... Like, I'm enjoying it for now because it's the only box that people want me in. Yeah. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm doing, yeah, yeah let's yeah. do it. Let's That's, do it. We're, at the, we're at the early stage of the career. Right. Like, please typecast me. I don't type care. Typecast type me now. Me. I need money. Now. You I know what I mean? Money. <laughs> <laughs> I will do it all. Um, uh, but, but what I found, though, is what I like to do is be like, yeah, you can cast me as these people and these things, but I like bringing a softness, a softness. Oh my God, I had too much coffee. I'm no, adding you're fine, consonants. You're fine, you're fine. Shut um, up. <laughs> like I add like, like different, like I'm like, I can be this crazy Hispanic, but watch, I'm gonna make you cry real quick. Or like, mm. I'm gonna make you feel for this person and not, and that's also in the writing of right. like good writers, like write these characters, like, like yeah. contradicting sort of, but like, so it's sort of like, I'm going to, fine, I'll play in the stereotype at first, but then I'm going to push out yeah, of it and, and show you that yeah. there's an actual human being. Yeah, that. because there are, like, that that kind of person is real and true. Absolutely. The crazy Latino. But why? Why are they like that? Hmm. Usually comes from, like, hurt or protection or da-da-da. So it's just yeah. cool to explore that and yeah. be like, you can do this, but I'm going to show you. Yeah. You know. That is, I mean, at the end of the day, that's how any role should be treated of mm -hmm. like, here's your preconceived notion of this type right. of person and now here's why they're a fucking human being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I've been doing that kind of stuff and um, 
been doing a lot of work with like Labyrinth Theater Company, which mm-hmm. is where I really found like. Great. My mom's friends have no idea what that is. Oh so my God, intro mom's it. friends. <laughs> Labyrinth Theater Company um, is a really, really wonderful ensemble and company of actors, writers, designers, like everybody. Um, it's been around for about 27, 28 years. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry if I'm messing this up. but um, They're all listening. They're all listening right now. Mom's friends. I hope they're all listening. I know. Labyrinth listen to people, me. listen to this. <laughs> um, and it was like, it was founded on Latino actors not having a space. I didn't know in that. In theater. Yeah. Wow. They. It was a show. I don't want to mess it up, but it was like, is it, is it Death of a Meaning? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so sorry, but I'm it was a, comedian, a show that has like, it has like Hispanic char- like Latino characters who were then cast mm-hmm. white, uh, and when confronted, which they was said, such. A, I mean, I dude, I rewatched. They put West Side Story on Netflix. Oh, I rewatched, oh, which is obviously classic of the yeah. American theater. I was raised because like doing theater in high school in like a white town. Like I was raised to look at West, and I had never like really watched it. I'd like mm-hmm. seen it, and I was like, oh yeah. But I was raised to be like. This is royalty. This is yeah. theater royalty. And then I rewatched the movie like a month ago or mm-hmm. something, and all the fucking Puerto Rican characters are white dudes in brown face, <gasps> and it's so uncomfortable. It's Because I want to acknowledge, like, yes, obviously it's like a masterpiece, but this is so weird. I know, this and it's not so like there weird. weren't brown artists. No, and that's why Labyrinth was like so. The, the it was raised like, why did you cast white actors in these roles? And they're like, oh, you know, there's just no like Latino actors. Yeah. So then. A group of people or, got together. Or the ones we could find weren't ready, quote right, unquote. Right, And so these people got together and said, here we are, Labyrinth Theater Company. And so... Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, That's amazing. It's a beautiful... It's great. It's great. And they still keep that... Um, that ethos. Uh-huh. Yeah. Today. And the stories that are written, uh, new works by people of color, mm. by people, and not only it's not, because it's easy to be like, oh yeah, we have people of color, and it's like privileged people, or like, no, right, it right. comes from everybody doing new work, and, and it's it's beautiful. So, and I found like my community there, um, where I feel like valid mm-hmm. reading anything. I don't yeah. have to be just this person, right? you know? Right. Um, and it's like people I admire and have looked up to in this world. Yeah, I work with. It's just it's crazy and amazing. That's great. And, and you just did this big retreat with them, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we went to. I was invited along to join them. Every year they go, they leave the city for two weeks, mm-hmm. and uh, their writers write, and their actors act, and their actors write, and their writers act. And every day it's a new reading, and from nine in the morning to nine at night, you're. It, you're in it, and we were in Indiana this year. They were in Indiana last year and this year, hosted by uh, Pegasus Pictures. They, like, host you there in, like, this beautiful inn. That's awesome. Oh, my God, it's amazing. That sounds great. And so we were out there reading and working and laughing and drinking, and it was amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. That's so great to find. Uh, That's something, I mean, I, I didn't get as deep. I still sometimes do theater, but, like, I didn't get as deep into the theater community as a lot of our friends have. Mm-hmm. And that's something I never found is, like, this this very accepting community yeah. that isn't like uh, tokenizing people mm-hmm. or like like they're not trying to put you on a brochure. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not trying to front face you so hard to like prove some type no. of like wokeness or whatever. They just want you to be a part of yes. it. Yes. And it's hard and it took me a long time and I think it's really important. Community is so important. Yeah. So, because I, for years I was around and I didn't have 
that and community is there for you for when you don't feel like you're really doing much or you haven't yeah. been out and da 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 and you feel sort of this and then someone calls you to I don't care if I go and I help hang banners or yeah. or go usher or do a reading or la la la. You just feel like oh my people. Yeah, and I mean being an artist in this city, in this country, but especially in the city, can be such an isolating, mm-hmm. very lonely mm-hmm. life at times. So it's mm-hmm. really important. Sometimes even more so than like finding that job that's going to validate you is like finding people who are going to exactly. support you. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. I'm very lucky and grateful every day for that. That's beautiful. Ooh. Oh my god. Oh, can I ask like maybe do it. Maybe a potentially vulnerable question. <sighs> Let's do it. <laughs> While you drink your bougie ass Italian sparkling Sounds mineral water. water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so if you if you had to like if I wasn't sitting here and eighteen uh, year old Viviana who just got to the city was sitting here, like what would you what would you say to her? What advice would you give to her? Oh my god. I would say, all right, let me think. Hang in there. Just hang in there, mama. You'll be okay. (laughs) And just like, stop taking out so many credit cards. (laughs) Please. Oh my God. Stop. I'm hoping, the reason I ask (laughs) is I'm hoping some like, some, because I have a couple of like younger people who listen to this show and like I'm hoping they take some wisdom from it. Yeah. Hang in there. I would tell myself to hang in there to do the work. Hmm. Worry about the work. Worry about going to class. Worry about like, because in that, you'll you'll find your way Hmm. you truly will um i'm there now like i'm just finding my why do i sound like a robot uh something weird is happening with the mic but you're fine (laughs) keep talking um yeah staying in it and finding your way organically and not trying to force anything or Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's what i would tell little me and little use, little mom's friends. Okay, so can we switch gears a little bit for a second? Let's do it. I want to ask, because uh, mm-hmm. I've only talked about this with a couple of people who've been on the show. I want to ask uh, like a dating question. Because what I find really interesting and that I've talked to people about is like for, for people who are mixed or first generation, like we grew up in a different, we grew up in a different society than our parents did. So mm-hmm. I think fundamentally we have a different concept of what, like beauty is or what an attractive person is mm-hmm. than than our parents do. So like what like what's been your type? Like what do you find yourself gravitating to? Oh, that's a weird question for me because I have no type. I have nothing. Yeah. I'm like when I was younger in my head it'd be like Kendall, like American man, like white. Yeah, weirdly I was the yes. same way. Like white is pretty. It's amazing what just like the media coming at you when yeah. you're a kid and just growing up here does, yeah. especially like the, cause the world my mom comes from is complete. I mean, it's definitely white yeah. <laughs> supremacist down yeah, there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but like the conception of like what in a trick, cause I've dated so many mm-hmm. white people and mm-hmm. I, it's mm-hmm. only recently started to occur to me of like, not that these people weren't cool or attractive yeah. or whatever, but like it's only recently occurred to me of like, oh, why has that always been yes. the image of a person I want to date? Mm-hmm. I, I, when I was little, like, 
Pocahontas was the guy John John, John literally John his name Smith. is John Smith. Oh my god, love of my life when I was little. <laughs> love of my life. Yeah. This colonizer. Mine was a uh, mine was Roxanne from a goofy movie who is a also a cartoon dog. Oh my god. But super hot. So hot. Super hot. Um and I think to my mom it's like this like you know, immigrant thing of like I didn't move to this country for you to date a Hispanic. Mm. Oh, date yeah. a white man you know right. like I want you to like upgrade quote, right unquote. right yeah. and it was just weird and like that's why it's i don't know and then i'm i like i feel like when you i don't want mean to be like date your race yeah but yeah, like yeah. like speaking spanish is like a big thing for me and mm. like my i would like you know my partner to like Speak Spanish with me so we can be on the train and be like, oh my God, mira esta gente. Yeah, 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 you know no, what I, I mean? I love that. I love that. And also just to like not lose your culture oh, so yeah. much. Because I've had a big complex for myself of like, oh, I'm losing my culture. I'm losing. There's like increasing amounts of sour cream in yeah. my life. Oh, sour cream. Sour cream up my ass right yeah. now. Uh, and only recently, I mean, I don't know. I've been talking to my therapist uh shout out to sharon of sharon, like do i want to have children if i do i want them to speak spanish yeah, you know but what I mean? if you marry like a german you know what i mean yeah what are they gonna do speak english and german and spanish yes i mean yeah we're yeah. smart in this absolutely household. absolutely but it's like i just i don't ever want to be like like i've seen it happen to my mom's friends and stuff and growing up like i had a lot of hispanic friends whose parents would like americanize them on purpose and like yeah. not speak spanish at home yes and now they don't speak spanish but their name is so hispanic you know and and it's like yeah i've had people on the show who have had a similar experience and it's like it really depends on what kind of environment your parent immigrated from like mm-hmm. my mom was in a relatively comfortable like upper middle class family in Peru and like she wasn't fleeing violence or unrest or Mm -hmm. or any kind so I think not solely for that reason but that's part of the reason that she was like I want to preserve this culture Mm -hmm. and make sure it's in my kids no matter how white they look and like we're going to go visit and we're going to speak Spanish we're going to eat the food and Mm -hmm. stuff whereas I've spoken to people who whose parents were fleeing like sometimes war Mm -hmm. sometimes like really bad civil unrest uh, or like I'm sure for a lot of Venezuelan immigrants, what's going on there right now, yeah. they kind of, there's more of a need to assimilate in that scenario. Yes. yes. I, what I also ran into was like classism. Like mm-hmm. in Miami, like you were like fancier if you spoke English perfect and Mm -hmm. and that like a lot like you know like my more wealthy friends it was like their parents spoke English and that was a sign of wealth you know right and like it I ran into that a lot I mean shit just the idea of speaking right yeah such a loaded yeah such a loaded term yeah and then and then I find myself now like older and being like no I'm I feel not better but like I speak more than one language and well and I'm glad and things that I felt ashamed for when I was younger like having mm-hmm. a little accent or like going to like PTA meetings and having to like um, translate to my mom because she just right. no idea and I felt I would always feel like ashamed and yeah. now I'm like no I'm I am glad yeah I, th- I I was the same way I wanted so badly to be to be white mm-hmm. I wanted so mm-hmm. badly just to be like another like cool American yeah kid. me too and I would like I downplayed my culture 
for so long mm-hmm. until one day some like it just takes a little growing up, I think, yeah. but like it becomes a superpower. Like, yes. It, it and becomes you're proud like of it. no, this is like this is the important part of me and actually is what makes me me, me and makes yeah. me stand out mm-hmm. from all of this sour cream. <laughs> yes. And like be carrying that feeling of ashamed yeah. is bad. It's yeah. not good. Yeah. Like you should never be ashamed of anything yeah. of yourself. And growing up here, we find so many reasons to feel ashamed, mm-hmm. especially as like teenagers. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. God damn it. What the I would fuck? T- I would say that too. Don't be ashamed to little me. Yeah. Don't be ashamed. I love that. Okay, we're like kind of winding down on time, but is there anything we haven't touched on that you want to talk about? I think you're perfect. I agree. <laughs> you're perfect. Perfection. Uh, is there anything you want to is there anything you want to plug or anything you want to tell the people before we sign off? I love you all. And that's it. <laughs> I gotta go. We gotta go. Please gotta follow go. Viviana on everything. Oh my God, follow me on everything except Twitter because I'm gonna be in trouble one day. She's she's the um. best. Follow her on Twitter. Follow her on Instagram. <laughs> uh, friend her on Facebook, even though she will ignore your request. Oh my God. <laughs> no, Facebook invite Facebook uh, friendship requests are aggressive. It's if I don't it's know intimate. you, if I don't know you, don't Facebook friend me. I know, and it's not a bad thing. I just get anxiety of like you're gonna look at me when I had red hair and I was 14. Like I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Oh my God, totally. And please, like, uh, mom's friends, please keep up with her, support her, Venmo her. Venmo me. Just ran- Venmo me. Just randomly Venmo her stuff. Thank you. And please keep an eye out because she has very cool things coming up. And also watch her on Jessica Jones, which oh I still, God. I go back and rewatch that because <laughs> it's so great. I scream every time. Stupid. I watch it. It's great. Go and watch her on Jessica Jones. Uh, okay, uh, say something, say something funny or interesting. Um, see, I can't do it on command. What do I look like? A funny machine? All right. There you go. There you go. That's as good as it gets, everyone. I love Jack Nicholson. What? (laughs) Takes a big sip of her Italian sparkling. Viviana, I'm so happy you came in. Thank you. This was lovely. You are going to love it. My mom's friend. (laughs) Bye. Bye. And that does it for this week's episode of La Mezcla. Thank you so much to Viviana Valeria for coming in. Thank you to Ad Large Studios for allowing us to use the recording space. Uh, thank you to you, a human being, for listening and continuing to support the show. Please make sure to subscribe and tell people about the show and follow on Facebook and Instagram. I really want to focus on growing the show a little bit. Uh, and again, thank you to Caveat and everybody who came out to the show. Uh, I will give you more information on future dates as soon as I have it. I hope you have a wonderful week and come back next time for a new episode of La Mezcla. Goodbye.